0: He tweeted somewhat tongue-in-cheekly that Tesla was finally able to catch up on their cellular bills with this capital raise. And even though that tweet was mostly in a, a joking manner, there may have been some actual truth there. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 30 of the Tesla Q podcast. This episode is mostly going to focus on the recent capital raise by Tesla and we'll mention the fact that despite the headline 2% coupon rate for the convertible bond, the actual rate is much closer to 8.5%. So I'm going to talk about that a lot. Remember, if you want to contribute to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast and become a a monthly contributor, or you can make a one-time contribution at the Square Cash app, uh, and you can search for Tesla Q Podcast on that app, or you can go to cash.me slash Podcast. If you want some shorty merchandise, go to evacuationboy.com. Earlier this week, there was a very good podcast episode on the Hidden Forces podcast, which featured... Tesla charts with his unscrambled voice, along with Ed McCabe, both of whom have been guests on this show. I recommend going to listen to it if you would like, and also become a patron of that show so that you can hear the overtime segment. I actually still need to do that myself, so I'll be doing that in the near future. As I already said, the big, big news towards the end of last week was the capital raise by Tesla they the total amount raised was about 2.7 billion dollars but tesla will only have access to about 2.3 billion of those dollars because of the hedging and the fee underwriting fees and all that good stuff i'm recording this episode on the evening of wednesday may may 8th 2019 so the the capital raise pushed tesla's share price up on thursday and friday of last week and shares closed the week at about 255. They got as high as 258 on Monday and even reached 259.25 in the pre market on Tuesday, May 7th. Uh, So, this share price movement caused some bears to sulk a little bit, including myself. But now that the share price has come back down a little bit, uh, the sulking seems to be mostly over, as somewhat evidenced by me actually recording this podcast. Uh, Ultimately, the raise is probably, by my estimation, it's probably bought them five to eight months, roughly. Possibly less, depending on how much slack suppliers continue to give Tesla, especially Panasonic. They actually just had their, or they're in the process, right now maybe as I'm recording, of having their quarterly financial release. There is likely to be some stuff gleaned from that about their relationship with Tesla. I know Kawasaki KR1 on Twitter is going to be following it closely, along with Brad Munchen. Uh, Barring a big turnaround in Tesla's ability to sell their vehicles at higher volumes without further deterioration of the average sales price, which is often abbreviated as ASP, uh, a big data point that, that I would like to try to get a good handle on going forward is what level of sales Tesla has to achieve meet their new goal of being free cash flow neutral that new goal i I say it's their new goal they didn't state that that's their new goal but with this whole robo taxi fleet thing it's implied to be their goal based on the absurd claims that elon musk is out there making my initial guess is that somewhere in the range of seventy-five thousand vehicle deliveries without further Average sales price deterioration is what Tesla needs to achieve to get to free cash flow neutral. With 63,000 quarter one deliveries, they burned about $920 million of free cash flow. That's their operating cash flow minus CapEx. So they've already cut CapEx probably close to as as low as they can cut it. They might might have a little bit more room there. But as of now, my guess is 75,000 deliveries without further average sales price deterioration for free cash flow neutral and that's a key key component as we continue following tesla over the next several months so with the capital raise which was announced on thursday there was big volume of of shares traded on thursday and friday i think it was over 20 million both days and obviously that was driven by the the news about the raise people who may have been anticipating a share price bump uh along with other aspects associated with the raise. There was still pretty, pretty big volume Monday and Tuesday. So that was May 6th to May 7th with around 10 million, maybe a little bit more shares traded per day. But today on Wednesday, it was quite a bit lower with only 6.17 million shares traded. And as of today, the closing price ended up at 244.84. And In the after hours, it actually got down below 244. I think the final sales price at 8 p.m. today was 243.30. So we'll see where it goes from here. Over the weekend with the the share price bump on Thursday and Friday, I was actually feeling a little bit blue about the whole Tesla situation. Uh, Obviously, can't raise, can't leave was the can't raise part of that meme that Tesla charts had been talking about for a while Proved to be untrue. Uh, I even went so far as to think about my oppor- my own opportunity costs of all the the theta that I've burned with Tesla puts, and if I hadn't sold some shares of some other stocks, how much those positions might have gone up. They would have done pretty well. Uh, so, which in a way is disheartening because the share price over the, the past five months for Tesla has showed very clearly that. Tesla Q is trending in the right direction. So, even being right, you still might not necessarily make money on a position because timing is very difficult. And if you use a, an improper strategy, of course, you can mess things up as well. So, uh, a couple of the just for an, five examples of, of shares of companies that I've sold over the last several months uh, are Mercado Libre, Apple. Ubiquity Networks, Shopify, and Square. So of those five, three of them have performed incredibly since I lightened them, and that's Ubiquity, Mercado MercadoLibre, and Shopify, which I had no way of knowing that they would perform so amazingly, but I didn't actually go so far as to actually calculate my opportunity cost, assuming I had held on to shares of those companies rather than uh, increasing my Tesla positions, but uh, I did strongly consider it. But then on Sunday night, Donald Trump tweeted about the the China tariffs, and that sent futures down. So that aided me in not actually following through with that exercise, which may or may not have been a good exercise. I, I may revisit it at some point, but not this week. With the capital raise, the best threads that I saw on Twitter over the weekend were the threads that talked about just how much Tesla is actually paying with this capital raise as far as an effective interest rate, quote unquote. The first really good one that I saw was from Justin, who's at Trumpery45 on Twitter. And he had a, a, just a quick spreadsheet that laid out some of the aspects of the, the raise and how the numbers worked out. There were also some good ones over the weekend from Investigator and from Drink the Coffee 2, Uh, Drink the Coffee 2 has a Mike Ditka avatar, so uh, if if you think back to that SNL sketch and think of Ditka, that's what I think of when I see Drink the Coffee 2 on Twitter. But uh, Investigator actually put together a table with some of Tesla's prior convertibles and compared the effective yield of those deals to this latest deal. There was a convertible in 2013 that had an effective yield of 8%. There were two in 2014. The first one, I think, was 6.6%. The second one was 6%. 2017 convertible had an effective yield of 7.6%. And this latest one, which was just announced Thursday, May 2nd, had an effective yield of 8.5%. So this latest one was the highest of those five different convertible bond offerings from Tesla, but it's not crazily higher than the other ones. Ironically enough, or not at all ironically, that 8.5% Effective percent is very close to the current yield on the 2025 Tesla bonds that had an initial yield of 5.3 percent but have been trading at around $85 to par, would be a hundred dollars, of course. So, their yield to maturity lately has been in the 8.3 percent range pretty consistently. So, that effective yield, just for a little more background, that was mostly due to the options hedging that Tesla used with this convertible offering. So they bought some $309 calls and sold some $607 calls, and the net cost of that transaction was about $260 million for Tesla. Uh, B. Graham Disciple on Twitter actually used some of the numbers from this convertible bond offering and plugged them into a mortgage APR calculator and got a value of 8.4%, which lined up almost almost exactly with what Investigator calculated of 8.5%. So 8.4, 8.5, somewhere in that range is what Tesla's effective interest rate was with this latest raise. So the headline number, which you probably saw a lot of places was 2%, but the actual effective yield with that $260 million plus upfront payment for the hedging, Made it effectively over 8% for Tesla's cost of capital. There was actually a filing this morning, May 8th, that included pricing, which actually lined up exactly, basically, with the original tweet from Justin, uh, which came out over the weekend on, I think, on Saturday, May 4th, if I'm not mistaken. So basically showed a spot on cost estimate for the $309 calls that Tesla bought as part of their hedge. So Thursday was the day that that deal was announced and as of late in that day on Thursday there were some whispers that the equity portion may have not been fully subscribed at that point uh, the official pricing of243 dollars per share for the equity offering didn't come out until later that evening and at some point during the day that day there was a an investor call and apparently on the investor call most all of the talk was about this, robo taxi strategy shift that Tesla's apparently going after. Uh despite the fact that the prospectus for the offering didn't say anything about autonomy or robo taxis or anything. So that was a little odd. When the news of the raise first came out in the morning on Thursday, it was announced that Elon Musk planned to purchase $10 million of the equity as part of that raise. Uh, but by the end of the day on Thursday news came out that he was actually going to purchase 25 million dollars of the equity as part of the deal i made a tweet that questioning whether that was just elon being elon and trying to show some confidence in tesla or whether maybe he needed to buy more of the the equity part just so that it was fully subscribed i don't know what the answer to that is but who knows Uh, also there's with the hedge that Tesla entered as part of the convertible bonds, uh, with with their purchase of those $309 calls, whoever sold those calls to Tesla likely purchased some Tesla shares. So whether they got them at that 243 offering price or whether they just bought shares on the open market, that did create at least a small temporary demand for some Tesla shares. So another little part of the raise to keep in mind after the raise tesla charts had put together a a bullet list of some of his thoughts on the raise so I'm, i'm just gonna read through that right now uh tesla abandoned any pretense that its underlying business is viable so the raise totally validated tesla q demand will continue to decay the losses shown in quarter one are the baseline going forward and are not an aberration or an air pocket as was so often mentioned With more cars on the road comes the obligation to service those cars, warranties, parts, all that kind of stuff, and Tesla can't, is what Tesla charts included in his list. Tesla was able to raise capital despite this list of things. The 420 fraud on August 7th, the contempt of court charge and settlement, which the SEC filed for that on February 25th, and it was just settled about two weeks ago not quite two weeks ago, in late April, a recent improvable demand collapse, which we saw with quarter one and seems to be ongoing with April and this beginning part of May, knowingly lying about future demand, so Tesla's reiterated their guidance, I think even in the prospectus for the capital raise last week, they re- reiterated their 360,000 to 400,000 vehicle deliveries in 2019 guidance, which may start to look extremely suspect depending on how the rest of may goes and early in june tesla was able to raise despite massive executive turnover that's been very well documented by paul Hootner, multiple chief accounting officers the cfo and numerous numerous other executives have left they were able to raise despite having a young inexperienced unknown and deceptive cfo zach kirkhorn despite total diversion between the prospectus and the associated investor call, which I just mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, where the call mentioned the complete strategy shift to the robo-taxi thing, which wasn't at all mentioned in the prospectus. They were able to raise capital despite refusing to disclose their order book and other crucial business metrics. They were able to raise despite multiple and major shifts in fundamental business strategies in recent months. So the price drop, store closures, Model Y reveal, The killing off of the $35,000 Model 3 unless you go to the store and ask for it and hold steady and don't get upsold to an SR Plus or an MR. The raise was done out of weakness, not strength. The stock was in the $370 per share range just five months ago, back in November, December of 2018. It appears that filling the equity tranche was difficult, which I mentioned just a few minutes ago. The terms on the convert were decidedly worse than the previous terms. Now, after the investigator spreadsheet was put together, the decidedly part of that maybe isn't as decided as as before, but still 8.4 to 8.5% effective interest rate for the convertibles. Not good. The amount raised was barely enough to postpone the inevitable reckoning. I've noted multiple times that the amount that Tesla got with this raise basically just matches up exactly with their working capital deficit. So their accounts payable minus their accounts receivable is right around, two, as of March 31st, was right around 2.2, 2300000000 billion, which is right about what they netted with this raise. So the conclusions that Tesla charts wrote were that underwriters will underwrite anything, Obviously, they get fees, so why wouldn't they? Other than their possible legal risks and other things. Tesla has access to capital markets, albeit tenuously. Quarterly losses will continue in the $500 million to $1 billion range indefinitely. And that, of course, is highly dependent on the actual sales figures each quarter. Future raises will be at lower prices and on ever-worsening terms. So with my five to eight-month estimate, that would line up with Tesla needing to raise capital again in the October, November, December timeframe of 2019. So that would also align with 500 million to $1 billion quarterly losses over the next few quarters. And if you can get big enough, quote, be a crook is a viable business model in today's market. So that's, that's just kind of a sad, sad commentary on today's market that that could be the case. So if you want to Read that list again, Uh, go to Tesla Charts Twitter page, click on the media tab, and it should be on there, I think it was, I think he tweeted it on Saturday, May 4th, so if you scroll down to that, you can find it, but you just heard me read it off, so whatever you want to do. So on on Friday, Cohen, or Cowan, however you pronounce it, cut their Tesla price target to $150 per share, and they based this on a blended 2020 multiple of 24x on earnings per share of 4.58, and on a 12x multiple on for EBITDA. EBITDA that's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization of 3.6 billion dollars. And these estimates were actually lowered after the margin adjustment from the 10Q disclosure came out, where Tesla um, had. I think it was a couple hundred million dollars of regulatory credits, which they didn't mention at all on their earnings call. Strike that, not earnings call, their quarterly financials call on Wednesday 424. I've, I've also been harping on the fact that Tesla probably shouldn't have the benefit of being able to call it an earnings call since basically every quarter, all but five quarters out of like four, Forty-three or forty-eight or something as a public company, they have not had positive earnings. So that's just one of my little quirks that I've been harping on as the host of the Tesla Q podcast. So yeah, so that price target got cut to one fifty, which at today's aftermarket closing price of two forty-three thirty, that's ninety-four dollars and thirty cents, ninety-three dollars and thirty cents lower than than that price. So. Just a, a, a reference point there. Uh, over the weekend, I had learned that there was there is an ongoing referral or ongoing aspect of the Tesla referral program that ends it's scheduled as of now to end on May 28th, and that offer gets the refer the referrer, the person who refers someone, and the new buyer who buys a new Tesla. They each get 5,000 supercharger miles. So. I guess we'll find out if that deal actually does end on May 28th or whether it gets extended further if Tesla's sales continue to be, shall we say, meager. Another little piece of anecdotal news that's come up over the last three to four days or so is that the fashion mogul from Japan, who was the primary funder of the Dear Moon project, which was uh, announced by SpaceX back in September, I think. And the idea with that was to launch a rocket and have a spaceship and have it orbit the moon with a bunch of artists on board. And they would make some kind of art, whatever their specialty was, inspired by getting to see the moon as they go past and then come back to Earth. So the main funder of that apparently is in some pretty, pretty bad financial straits compared to where he was in August of 2018. His company's share price has declined considerably, and apparently he's borrowed a bunch of money against his holdings in that company, kind of like another CEO that I can think of off, offhand named Elon Musk. Oh, one one little item that came up with the capital raise that I didn't write in my notes is that apparently Elon owes $507 million to the underwriters of this latest capital raise, which actually is much lower than what many estimates of his total loans were some very seemingly credible estimates of his loans. His total loan amount was more like a billion or a bit more than a billion dollars. So it's not clear to me whether that 507 million was only the loans that he owes to the underwriters of this latest capital raise, or if it's his total loans against his Tesla shares. We may find out what the true case is at some point in the future, probably not anytime soon, but that, that was an interesting note that came up with the capital raise. On Monday of this week, Tool Grinder on Twitter saw a tweet that mentioned that Tesla's started to push some over-the-air updates over cellular rather than only on Wi-Fi, and he tweeted somewhat tongue-in-cheekly that Tesla was finally able to catch up on their cellular bills with this capital raise. And even though that tweet was mostly in a a joking manner, there may have been some actual truth there. So I guess we'll find out uh, a little bit more about that in the future, too, maybe, especially depending on how, how tight suppliers get over the next two to three months. As of Monday, it seemed that uh, Elon Musk had taken over tweeting as the Tesla official account. There were a a few instances that that seemed to be in the style of Elon. I even saw a few Tesla bulls who commented that it seemed to be Elon's tweeting style. On Tuesday, yesterday, May the 7th at precisely 4pm as the markets closed, the Tesla account tweeted... The world of autonomous driving is coming, whether you want it to or not. With a Tesla, you're ready for it. So that seemed to me to be Elon tweeting, almost definitely, but maybe not. Maybe it was a hired media person, and maybe it was just Elon directing them to tweet about autonomy. And someone replied to that tweet, Okay, please don't kill my family. And the Tesla account replied with, Hmm, okay. Which... The fact that they actually replied to that tweet just did not seem like a good idea to me. I, I doubt anything will ever come of that specific tweet, but it, it still seemed to be in bad taste to just reply with, mm, okay, to that tweet. I, it would have made more sense to just not reply to it, but they didn't ask me, so whatever. As of Wednesday, May the 8th, the bond spreads for the 2025 5.3% yield originally now, up to 8.3% yield to maturity bonds. Uh, the spread on those was back pretty much to all time highs, uh, according to a tweet from Liam Denning. And if you'll recall, those are what I often refer to as the Ross bonds in honor of the tweet and subsequent replies that Ross made back in, uh, I think it was later March, around March 23rd or so. I may have actually, I think I still have that tweet pinned. Uh, the, the tweet that Ross responded to. So if you want to see those replies and see why I call those the Ross bonds, check out my pin tweet and the, the replies to that. Uh, also news that came out today, in Norway, Tesla's reputational ranking has dropped from fourth to 51st, which I think might be last. I don't remember that for sure. But dropping from fourth to 51st kind of speaks for itself. A couple people tweeted that a big reason for this is that there are so many electric vehicle options in Norway that reliability is more and more of a key factor, and also having an electric vehicle is less and less exclusive than in a place like the U.S. where there's still uh, kind of a niche product and not too many people have them. But as more electric vehicles are coming to the U.S. and other large Tesla markets, they will have to face similar things in those markets so reliability will continue to be a key factor in in determining tesla's brand strength so we'll see how that goes going forward and also today after the market closed on wednesday may the 8th elon tweeted about leasing a model 3 and then he replied to his own tweet and followed it up saying quote even though lease cost is lower i recommend purchase As buyer retains upside value of car versus lease, where you have to give it back to Tesla. So I have substantial doubt that this tweet was pre-approved, as do many other members of Tesla Q Twitter, as it does have definite implications to the residual values of Tesla vehicles, which plays into their finances and accounting and everything, and of course to the the lease pricing. Uh, But also there's two other aspects of this tweet that I think are of note. On one hand, a purchase is clearly better for Tesla's finances than a lease. So part of his reasoning for this tweet is probably to incentivize purchase over a lease just because it's better for Tesla's finances. And on another hand, the claims about Tesla's vehicles being appreciating assets, though is clearly absurd according to everyone in Tesla Q Twitter and many, many other people who hadn't, hadn't chimed in much on the Tesla's tesla saga until chiming in about that specific aspect Uh, but the fact that elon tweeted this it and the fact that it is actually part of the leasing terms and conditions that says that you don't have a, a purchase option at the end of the lease it that is at least somewhat consistent in their messaging that they somehow believe that it might be possible that their vehicles appreciate in value even though that's absurd to so many people and not profound but just simply absurd at least it's somewhat consistent messaging by tesla i guess so as i mentioned briefly earlier the last after hours trade at 8 p.m today was at 2:43:30. 30 so keep that in mind as you as we go forward and watch tesla's share price i'd like to thank everybody for listening and we'll wrap up this 30th episode of the Tesla Q podcast. Remember, if you want to become a patron, you can visit patreon.com slash Tesla Q podcast and become a monthly contributor. And if you want some shorty merchandise, you can go to evacuationboy.com and get an awesome coffee mug or t-shirt or hat. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.